Okay. So forgive me because I have to run two different computers here. Uh, we had a brother in, uh, in La Puente uh, go out and do a video. Go do some interviewing. Okay? And he went out on the street, in the streets of California, to find disciplined people. Now, this is a difficult task in California. Even the interviewer wasn't so disciplined, but finally we got what we wanted. Uh, and he went out and found uh, some disciplined people here. And uh, so we have a, a video for you here, and it's about nine and a half minutes. Um, as you watch this video, at the very end, uh, we put a, a scripture or part of a scripture verse up there, and there's about 30 seconds worth of, of music for you to meditate upon and, and to think about that verse. So uh, as, the, as it ends, um, you're going to see the verse come up, and it's just going to be quiet. So I'd like you to just meditate about that verse because that's uh, really the, the core of what gets us uh, to live in a disciplined life here. So I'm going to take off my microphone here. Oh, yeah, once again, I apologize. Um, this brother had a Mac. I'm not a Mac person, but that's where the video is, so I had to bring it along. All right. Uh, how you doing? Doing fine. Very nice. Um, how many hours a week do you study? During the school year, I'd probably average maybe 30 hours a week studying. 30 hours? Besides the school time, yeah. Wow, okay. Um, or less, depending on the, the exams and stuff. Like okay, depending on the Greetings. exams. <laughs> how are you? Good. Good. Hey, would you, uh, would you say how many weeks uh, or how many hours a week do you actually uh, spend studying for the GRE. Uh, we just actually started when school got out the 17th of June, so we've been pretty much cramming for the last three weeks. Wow, about how many hours a day maybe then? Probably about two. Well, what do you think? Maybe about two a day. Two a day? Wow, okay, so over ten hours a week. Amen, how you doing? <laughs> <Wow. laughs> Chilling. Uh, how many hours a week? You're a musician, right? Yeah. Or what, what actually, what type of music do you actually do? Uh, I spin hip-hop. E okay. Underground hip-hop, uh, so record turntable records. Yeah, okay. Records. Okay, nice. Um, how many hours a week would you say you study? Uh, I practice and study, practicing probably like an hour a day or two hours a day. So I'd say about 15, anywhere from 10 to 15 hours a week. A week? Okay, cool. Uh, how many hours a week would you say you surf? Uh, I'd say about 20 hours a week. 20 hours a week? Wow, that's a lot. Well, greetings, how are you? Good. Other surfer girl. <laughs> Uh, what do you do? What, I know you're actually surfing right now, but what do you actually, uh, what sport do you do? Um, gymnastics, like mainly. I mean, I sur I've been surfing for a couple of years, but I'm not as, like, you know, good at okay. gymnastics and stuff. Okay, so you are pretty good at gymnastics then? Yeah, I've been doing it since I was six. I've been doing it for 12 years. Wow. Wow, okay. Well, what uh, what motivates you? How many hours a week do you actually do that? Um, I do it every day of the week except for Sunday. Okay. Yeah, and wow. for like two hours each day. Okay. Why not Sunday? Because Sundays, I, like, I go to church. Okay. And, you know, I have to, like, participate in that okay. category. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, what, what, motiv what motivates you? Sorry. What motivates you for, um, 
for studying? Uh, for studying is because we both want to advance our teaching careers. And uh, so I want to become a, a guidance counselor, educational advisor, and I need to take the GRE in order to get into graduate school. Ah, uh, okay. And okay. it means more money and being out of the classroom. <laughs> it means more money and being out of the classroom? Right. <laughs> Do you discipline yourself for surfing? Yeah, I try to. I just try to get out here as much as I can. As much as you can? Yeah. For what? For what motivates you to do that? Just to do something else, like abnormal, just not your regular 9 to 5. Just try to get out there. Go pro with something. Just be the best you can. To be the best you can. Go, so go pro with something then, right? Yeah. So you actually do want to go pro? Yeah. Are you sponsored? No, not yet. Not yet? Nice, dude. Um, how long have you been surfing? Just for a couple years. A couple years? That's what motivates you to actually, you know, study this hard work right here. To some degree, it's a, a motivation just to pass because the requirements to uh, get there are very stringent. To some degree, it's a matter of really wanting to feel like I understand or master the material, and until I feel like I understand it, it feels like your work's work's not done. Okay. What do you uh, What do you do? Or what are you studying for? I'm studying for. I'm a family practice dog study for sports medicine. Oh. Okay. Okay. Nice. All right, that's it. Thank you so much. What motivates right. you to actually do gymnastics? Um, I don't know. It just makes me feel like it. I don't know. It's just something to do that will make you like get away from everything else. And it's like when you're out on like when you're in the gym and stuff, it makes you feel like with a bunch of other like you know like real good gymnasts, like pro gymnasts. You know, it's like it just like it just makes you want to just do it like be better than somebody else at something you know okay it just makes you feel like a stronger person that's cool yeah okay uh what motivates you to actually spin mm, the love for it besides the love just to get better and excel at what i'm doing like a football player would practice all off season just to get better for the games yeah i practice this is like off season just to get better for like battles or even you know clubs that I do or parties or anything like that, any kind of performance that I'm going to be doing on my turntables, I want to be able to do it up to the fullest. So okay, okay. To get better at it. Nice. Okay. Where do you want to end up with this? Um, well, like in the beginning, I wanted to be like a, like a professional gymnast and stuff, and then I started taking ballet and all those kind of things, and then it's kind of like... I just want to. I just want to do it for like the rest of my life. I just want it to be something because I want to be a background dancer. Okay. Like, for like singers and stuff, you know. So it's kind of it kind of like helps out like when you're dancing and doing stuff like that. Okay. So. Do you, how do you think? Uh, I'm gonna ask, ask you another question. Okay. How do you think this will? I know you're cold. <laughs> I'm actually cold too. Don't believe me. When I surf, I get really cold. Yeah. What uh, what um, how will this benefit like society around you? How will how will this benefit people? Um, if you ever can, you ever see yourself actually helping other people by doing uh, gymnastics? Yeah, for sure. Like I taught, I sometimes teach like on Thursdays and Fridays. I sometimes teach the younger kids. Okay. So yeah, it's totally cool. It helps them get a little bit motivated. Yeah. That's cool. Well, thank you so much. Uh, what's What's your goal? Like, what's the what, What's the end result that you want to happen by either studying all this or by actually getting it? Getting the degree, like what's I want to do. These are scored like the college boards, and I want to do a lot better than 800. That's that's the minimal requirement. But I'd like to do a lot better than that. Okay, okay. But like the end result of actually like uh, being the the advisor. Oh, uh, because then I would be out of the classroom, and I wouldn't have to take home 170 papers a night to grade. <laughs>
That's the main goal. That's cool. That's cool. Well, hey, thank you very much. Okay. What, um, where do you want to end? Where do you want to end up with? With actually with this? Trying the pro tour. Just okay. Traveling around the world. Just get sponsored and just go on a travel. Go traveling. Okay. What uh? What do you think this would benefit? How would this benefit you in your life right now? Just or like in the about, future? Part of the environment, just surfing nature, really. Just understanding the balance in your life. About understanding the balance in your life. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's cool, man. Thank you. Nice. What's like the end result? What, what do you want to end up with this? With like the practice and with the turntableism and all that stuff. What do you want to? End I would with? say. I want to get my stuff on record. I already have some stuff, but I want to get like an arsenal of stuff on records. Okay. So I can scratch my own scratches, my own sounds, even my own voice, um, and play my own records at my own gigs and stuff like that. Basically, make music doing it. So make music doing it. Okay. Okay. Nice. Um, actually, <laughs> well, you have yeah, a question? he's a producer. Oh, oh you producer? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's a producer. Well, that's uh, that's uh, that's actually it, man. That's all I need. Thank you so much. So from this video, um, we see that the common man, if you would, the common Southern Californian, uh, disciplines himself for things that are temporary. We all do that a lot of times. We discipline ourselves for things that are temporary. And should not we then, who are God's own children, discipline ourselves for that which is eternal? that last part of the verse that was up for you to meditate upon, it said, Lay not up for yourself treasure upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor, doth, nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. And then the next verse it says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And if there's one thing we want you to focus upon as we talk about the disciplines, it's the why of the disciplines. And Lori's going to talk a little bit here. Okay. One more. First of all, what is discipline? 
What is discipline in general? And specifically, what is spiritual discipline? Well, we came up with three words to help us define it. And the first word is committed. The, the teacher and the doctor just didn't happen to stumble into the library and arbitrarily choose books to study. They actually made a commitment to do so. Secondly, they were consistent. All of our examples on the video performed their disciplines on a regular, consistent basis. Today, we're not going to define in exact terms what might be in the spiritual disciplines, um, what regular exactly is, is in most cases, God doesn't really give us those specifics in the word, but we will say that discipline involves doing God's work regularly. The last word is controlled. Despite their feelings, despite what they might have to suffer, our people that we interviewed here controlled their impulses to do other things in order to accomplish their disciplines. Discipline is the, in spiritual discipline, is a committed, consistent, controlled obedience to the word of God. It's the idea, next one, it's the idea of at your service, Lord. It's a wholehearted yes to the call of God. It means putting ourselves under orders. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.4 that no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of his life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. The idea of being at your service, Lord, will look different in each of our lives. As God uses his people for a variety of tasks and has given us different gifts, but his people will discipline themselves to be available to his individual calling in their lives. Discipline is also a means. By themselves, spiritual disciplines can do nothing, but they can get us to the place where something can be done. They're God's means of grace. The inner righteousness or holiness that we desire is not something that's just poured on our heads. God has ordained the disciplines of the spiritual life as the means by which we place ourselves where he can bless us. When I was newly converted, the ministers in our church encouraged me to start studying the scripture regularly. And so from uh, very young in my converted life, I would read the Bible on a daily basis. And many times I would read, close the Bible, and go away with not too much. But, for instance, this week, when I had my devotion time, God gave me a very specific admonition and a solution to a problem I had been experiencing with the children. The discipline of study was a means to an answer that I'd been seeking. If I hadn't been studying, well, we could debate whether or not God would have um, showed me anyhow, but it was through the discipline of study that uh, God spoke. And so we have to remember that discipline is a means. Now Joe's going to share... Uh, what discipline is not. Okay. Uh, so what discipline is not? The first thing that it's not is um, it's not a soul-killing law. They say that if you turn a discipline into law, it it's breathes death. Um, when we make a discipline a law just unto itself, um, a lot of times we use it to manipulate and control ourselves and others, if you would, more so others. Uh, we take legitimate commands, God's commands that are very legitimate, and we twist them and they, we lock them in. And once we make them a law, we use them as a rule, as a rule or a standard where we can judge others. We just measure them up, 
Well, they're not doing that. They're judged. And so what happens is we end up um, doing just what the Bible doesn't want us to do. In Matthew 23, 4, it says, For they bind heavy burdens, if you remember that verse, talking about the Pharisees, putting on heavy burdens that they can't, themselves can't even do. And then in, in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, it says, uh, who has also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. So when you think of the disciplines, and Lori's going to talk about a lot of what they are. we got a lot of verses up here for you in handouts too. They're not laws. They're not soul-killing laws that you have to feel bound up against. There are a lot of people that rebel against God's word against his disciplines that he's given for us because they see people that are bound up in a real legalistic vision of what the disciplines are. It's not that. Also, it's not a heavy yoke. Um, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Have you ever thought, you've, you've heard this verse a thousand times, my yoke is easy. You know, we don't have a, accounts of uh, Jesus reading an hour each day. We don't have accounts of him sitting down every day and reading an hour of the scripture. That would be a discipline, right? This is something we think, well, we should do this. We should read our scripture every day, an hour, five minutes, or 20 minutes, whatever it is. We don't have any accounts of that, but we do have an account that Jesus knew his scripture. However he knew it, he knew it. We don't have accounts where Jesus prayed before his meal every day, before you know bedtime, before this, before... But we do know that when he went into the Garden of Gethsemane, when we see a lot of his prayers, they were actually you know, very you know, led-from-the-heart prayers. And, and it was a discipline still. He went to God. It was more of a need than a discipline, but the discipline came because there was always the need. When we see Jesus almost feeling like he's being overwhelmed, and he kind of goes to retreat to a mountain place, and, and the masses come to him, he disciplines himself, and he knows that he needs to go and preach to those masses that are following him, because that was more important, that spirit leading him to do that. It was more important that he go and do that. So when you think of disciplines, they're not a heavy yoke. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. Think of how Jesus was disciplined. Disciplines are also not drudgery. They're not aimed at um, exterminating all laughter in your life. They're not to do that. Now, a lot of times we have that perception. We have that thought that, you know what? They just want me to not laugh, not be happy, not be joyful. You know, um, in James it says, count it all joy, right? Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Well, a lot of times you're tempted not to be disciplined. We need to be joyful, and we need to be joyful about our disciplines. And uh, along with that is the hardness of it. A discipline is not hard, right? I have there, it can be hard. Um, It's all in our point of view. And and Lori's going to talk about this a little bit more. 
If we think disciplines are hard, then they're going to be hard. The harder they think we think they are, the harder they get, to the point of impossibility. I just can't do it. A four-hour hike, to some, it's a pleasure. To others, it's a sentence. You know, I just see over here. You know what, this brother over here? He goes fishing. He'll go out 100 miles in the ocean. He gets up at 3 in the morning. Maybe he gets up at 10 at night. Drives 8, 10 hours out to sea, 100 miles out. Fishes all day in the hot sun. You come back. Then you got to clean the boat. Put it all away. You're not done until 7 at night. 10 at night to 7 at night. 20 hours up. Catching fish. Now, to some, that is horrible. But to others, to his wife, she don't go anymore. I bet you went when you were newlyweds, though, right? Yeah. You had to. But you didn't say anything, right? Okay. Uh, to some, it's a joy. They live for this, right? It's all in our point of view. And as you saw in the video, you know, there were some very disciplined people there. Surfing 20 hours a week. It is cold. You know? But he's out there. Because that's what he's living for. What do we live for? When we were asked to do this forum, we were asked to cover um, many areas of our lives where God has asked us to discipline ourselves. And we knew that we could never complete a discussion of each. So we just decided we're going to list some of the areas where God has asked us for committed, consistent, controlled obedience. And we've also listed the scriptures that support that fact. And then afterwards, we're just going to give some general principles that you can apply to any discipline that you're feeling personally convicted about in your own life. In government or business, auditors will often evaluate budgets for surpluses and deficits. Most of the disciplines that are listed in the Bible address our spiritual excesses, or deficits. Often we have a surplus or too much of a bad thing, and then we have a deficit or too little of a good thing. Some of the things we might have too much of food, drink, internet, television, leisure, vanity, emotion, spending, laziness, worry, carnality, possessions, anger, sensuality, selfishness. And if you want later on, there's uh, copies of these slides and verses you can pick up later. And we have too little. Study of God's word, prayer, fasting, corporate worship, witnessing, visiting widows and orphans, giving, service, solitude, memorization, meditation, simplicity, submission, confession, humility, respect, joy, family devotions, and training of children. So you can see why we could not ever cover this in detail. So now we're going to examine why are we not disciplined in these areas, and then how can we be more disciplined? So first, why are we not disciplined? Well, you know, I'm just not a disciplined person. How many of you have said that? Or know people who have said that? Okay, next slide, Fred. Is this guy? Is this man a disciplined person? Come on, tell me. Okay, is he consistent? Yes, he's consistent. Is he committed? What if the phone rings right now? What if, what if his wife comes to me and wants to talk? 
What if his kids came up and said, Daddy? You know what? Next, next slide. We are all disciplined in what we want to be disciplined in. And, you know, Lori was mad at me because when they wanted us to do this forum, um, I had, no, I'm not the disciplined person in our family. You may, you know, if you looked, who's disciplined? Is Lori disciplined or is Joe disciplined? There's no contest. Um, but when we started talking about it, I think I might steal one of Lori's jokes here. When we, we started talking about it, um, you know, I said, hey, I get up every morning. I go to work every morning. I, there are lots of things I do. I just don't do the same type of discipline things that she does. I'm kind of more like that couch potato guy, you know? Uh, the things that I'm disciplined in, I'm disciplined in. Um, so we are disciplined. It's just a matter of, are we disciplined in temporal things or not? Lack of eternal perspective. This is another reason we're not disciplined. We don't understand why. We don't understand why. This is so key. A lack of self-control. You know, just one more bite. Have you ever thought that? A really good dessert? Just one more bite. Actually, on my fingernails. Just one more bite. I always bite my fingernails. Um... You know what? I refuse. I'm very disciplined. I refuse 20 to 30 times a day to bite my fingernails. But then, just once, there's a hangnail or something, and I'm done. No self-control. Lack of self-control. Lack of yielding to the Spirit is another reason. You're driving home from work, and... A thousand times you've driven past that widow's house and it just pops into your mind, you know, I should go visit her. You don't. Or you feel convicted that you should go read the Bible. You just it, it just strikes you. I, I need to go read right now. You don't. You're talking to a coworker, and you talk to this coworker all the time. And it just strikes you you know what, I need to ask him about salvation or whatever. And you don't. Lack of yielding to the Spirit. The Spirit, now this is going back towards Jesus and his disciplines. In my mind, just, oh, I was going to give you this and out. Just do it. Just do it. There's no other way around it. You end up having to just do it. Lack of yield to the Spirit. Lack of vision. Um, Proverbs 29.18 says, where, where there's no vision, the people perish. And if you look at it a little deeper, uh, where there's no revelation of God's Word, it says that the people, that Greek word talks about running wild and casting off restraint. Um, whereas there's no vision. If you don't have that vision, it's kind of like eternal perspective again. If you don't understand why and who it's coming from, you're not going to be disciplined. Finally, a, a lack of zeal. We just don't care. Maybe even you know, but you just don't care. It's not worth the effort. I don't feel like it. Very strong message in our society today. Feelings. How do you feel like it? You need you time. 
You know, if you don't feel like going to church, you shouldn't go to church. That's what society's teaching. Lack of zeal. Uh, the scripture doesn't support that, by the way. Okay, next one. So how can we gain discipline? We don't have a method that just, you just do number one, two, three, and you'll be disciplined. But we do have a God who can do great things for us and in us that we can point you to. First of all, sometimes we just need to have the proper perspective of ourselves as Christians. Often we know we should be more disciplined in a specific area, but we just think, Lord, I can't. We've tried to pray regularly, but we fall asleep. We've tried to have devotional times with our family, and we just couldn't work it out in our schedules, and we're defeated before we even start. Recently, I had been studying the discipline of servanthood. I read the story about the room full of apostles with dirty feet and how no one really offered to wash feet until our Lord and Savior was willing to take on the role of a servant and wash all their feet. And I was convicted by that, and I thought, I need to be a better servant. That same day, the phone rang, and as I listened to the message, I purposed in my heart that I am not going to pick up that phone. It was Dave Yovichin. He was our, he's our Sunday school superintendent at church. And as I listened to his message, he was asking me if I would consider, and he didn't really say if I would consider, he said, will you teach the um, children at church on the weekend of our elder ordination? Our elder ordination is for members only in the afternoon for a couple of hours. He wanted the kids to be occupied. And my first response was, I can't. Now, I didn't, I didn't even pick up the phone. I just was saying this. I absolutely cannot do this. I have house guests with seven children. I've had them here all week. I have more coming in on the weekend. I'm signed up to clean up after lunch, and I'm signed up to clean up after dinner. That two hours is my two hours, and I want to be in for the ordination. This is a special time for our church. And then I remembered Jesus and how he was a servant, and he just kept giving and giving and giving. And so what I said when I said I can't, that, that was really not true because I could with God's help. And we have to remember that Satan often defeats us before we even get started because through Christ and as his children, we can do all things. Secondly, like Joe mentioned, we have to gain an eternal point of view on any discipline listed. If God thinks it's important, who am I to think otherwise? Hebrews 11:13 says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them and embraced them. We decided as a family that we were going to commit to visit our elderly and shut in on a more disciplined basis. So we had arranged to go visit Grandma Webble. And I knew we were in trouble when we arrived and two of the dogs that live at the house where she was at came barreling to the door. Now, normally they lock the dogs out and back because these dogs are not kind. They don't like children. And um, they usually lock them up. But for whatever reason, they came barreling to the door. And then Grandma looked out the window and was kind of squinting and saying, kind of looking like, who are you? And I didn't know you were coming. Two of our kids immediately dashed to the car because they're afraid of dogs. I was really close behind them because I have a hard time with dogs myself, and I thought, how is this going to go? Well, Joe and some of the boys that are more brave went to the door, and they tried to put the dogs out back, but the dogs weren't being cooperative. So Joe said, just come on in. Everything is going to be okay. So the other kids and I, we kind of came to the door, and 
Grandma kept saying, oh, I didn't know you were coming. I left the dogs in. I let the dogs in. And Joe said, don't worry. That's okay. We sat down, and all of a sudden, one of our boys screamed out. He bit me and started wailing. Well, that was the end of that. It confirmed to the rest of us that you know dogs are indeed vicious creatures. And the, the kids, and I was right next to Joe. We were like hanging on, and he's trying to console everybody. And Grandma kept saying, the dogs, the dogs. Why did I let them in? Then another dog came outside the house across the window, which set these dogs barking just hysterically. And, of course, we were all clinging, and I'm thinking, what can we do to make this visit better? This is not going well at all. And so I said, let's sing. And um, so we started to sing, God the All-Loving, and some more dogs walked outside the window. And then the inside dog started barking, and the baby then at this point had had it, and she started wailing, and Grandma kept saying, the dogs, dogs, dogs in. And Joe and I just gave each other a look like, you know, I think it's time to go. And as we left, I thought, what was that about? You know, what, what did that do? What good did that visit do at all? And, you know, I'm still not really sure about that exactly. But often, obedience to the discipline of God does not result in an immediate reward. But as the faithful men of old, we have to see afar off and be persuaded and embrace the promises of God, even though we might not see anything, any result right now. Another thing to think about when you're disciplining yourself is that every discipline does have a benefit or a freedom. In our video, the students were very motivated because they saw freedom at the end of the road. When they finished studying, that one teacher, he was going to not have to do all his grading. The surfer would have fame. The gymnast would be the best. There's a famous Greek orator, and his name was Demosthenes, and he disciplined himself in the art of rhetoric or speech. And he would practice his speeches in all sorts of really adverse or unusual circumstances. He would go to the ocean and speak out to the ocean so he could practice his projection of his voice. He would put stones in his mouth and then practice his speech so that he could get his articulation uh, improved. And after all this discipline and rehearsal, he was free to be an orator. He could give a great speech. He was free to give a moving speech whenever it required because he had gone through these disciplines. We have to remember that any spiritual discipline, the purpose is freedom, and our aim is freedom, not the discipline. So if we looked at some of those disciplines, submission, what freedom is there in submitting? Well, it's freedom from having to make decisions that aren't our responsibilities. What about prayer? Well, the Bible says that if we pray, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep our hearts and minds. If we hide God's word in our heart regularly, it helps us to stop sinning. If we train up our children they won't depart from the way they should go. If we're not slothful, we'll have daily provisions. If we're not gluttonous, we'll have better physical health. If we have joy, the joy of the Lord gives us strength. You can choose any of the spiritual disciplines and think and meditate on why God might have commanded it. And then we can rejoice in doing it, knowing that the blessing will help with the motivation. Recently, we went shopping for a new car to replace our 14-year-old 210,000-mile Suburban. And we found that it would cost... $50,000 to purchase a new one. So we decided to exercise discipline over our spending, and I thought, and I said, I guess we better keep this car until it dies. And Joe kind of lit up and said, well, in California, our cars never die because we don't have a rust issue. 
So I'm kind of reconsidering that comment. But for now, we're going to choose to stick with what we've got. And you know, there's actually freedom in simplicity in regard to vehicles. I don't worry where I park. When we go to the beach, I don't panic when six sandy kids and their boogie boards and shovels all have to be loaded back in. It's really very freeing. And really, every discipline that God commands is like that, which makes the yoke a little easier. As we're convicted to discipline ourselves, it's good to meditate on why God might have commanded this and remember the final freedom rather than that long road ahead. Another thing that we noticed about the people we interviewed, and Joe had mentioned it, is that they had a passion for the things of God. The surfer had a passion for surfing. He didn't care if it was cold or hard. A passion for music. The practice is nothing. Sometimes when we lose our passion, I thought about that. I thought, well, how do we get that back? And the only thing I could really come to was that we need to pray and ask God to put that zeal back in us. Because from within ourselves, we can't really generate that. And ask God to light the fire again of love for him that would make us want to worship at church regularly or want to read or pray or whatever discipline you want to choose. Lastly, this video really actually impacted me a lot. When I think that I can't obey God or I'm too tired to do it again, I'm going to remember these individuals who discipline themselves for things that are temporal. They had focus and goals and remember their passion. And how much more should I obey God's calls in my everyday life? How much more should I commit myself to whatever discipline he's calling me to? How much more should I be consistent in these disciplines, and how much more should I be controlled by his Holy Spirit and pressed toward the mark? Okay. A thousand disciplines. We, you know, we didn't list them all. You saw a bunch of them up on the board. When you come here, you've come here. You obviously had some thought about discipline, or maybe you just wanted to see the movie. I don't know. But if you really had some thought of discipline, you know, maybe how can I be more disciplined, or how do I learn to make others more disciplined? Um, there's uh, this is right from Marketing 101. There are two things that you got to do to sell something. And I'm going to suggest that you got to sell it to yourself, that these disciplines are important. Talking about getting that internal perspective. Um, have you ever seen those milk ads on TV? You know, they have, and I haven't seen them all. I haven't seen hardly any of them, actually, but I saw one. Um, I saw one that had a plate of warm cookies. And I guess this was hell. And this guy comes down into hell, and there is a plate of warm cookies. It's like, oh, great. And he grabs a warm cookie, and he eats this warm cookie, and it's like, oh, this is so good. He's looking, and there is a refrigerator. It's like, oh, milk. You know, he needs his milk. And he goes, and he opens the fridge, and it's stocked full of empty milk cartons. There was no milk. And then you hear it screams and it bursts into flame, you know, and you see this fire dancing. Um, they were, actually, this is not the need, okay, this was more the harm. Uh, the marketers for milk were trying to instill in your mind that you will be harmed. You will be harmed if you don't have 
milk to go with your cookies. Um, the other part of the milk ads you've seen before is uh, milk, it does a body good. That milk is good for your body, that it builds strong bones, there's all these health benefits. Um, we need to do the same thing. We need to find a need for the discipline, whether it's reading the scriptures or visiting a widow, uh, whether it's spending time with their children uh, on, a, uh, on a disciplined strong, you know, every day, or with our wives, setting aside time to talk, or whether there's prayer time that you need. What, what is the need? What is the need um, spiritually in your life? And then the, the counter uh, one is, what's the harm if you don't? What's the harm if you don't? Lay up, not up for yourselves, treasures on the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. As you keep that in your mind, what you're training for, what you're, what you're looking at, what you're disciplining for, is it here? Well, your heart's going to be here. That's a harm. For where your treasure is, you want it to be up in heaven. Any comments? We have a few more minutes. Questions? Discipline? Okay. We thank you very much.